Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Back to the Truck Up Podcast. I'm James Rooster Bowen here with Justin Super Trucker Martin. Before we get started, I want to thank OTR Solutions for sponsoring this podcast. Your factoring program solution of taking supporting truck companies to a whole new level. I could do a whole podcast on everything these guys bring to the table and the success stories that come from working with them. But for now, head on over to otrsolutions.com slash btu to learn more, connect with our dedicated btu team. Today, we're going to read a tale of OIDA to talk about the uh, Truckers for Troops program, a charity they do. Uh, it's going to be going on November 7th through the 14th during the week of Veterans Day. Uh, Narita, would you like to give us a little explanation about the event and the goals you hope to achieve? Sure. So Truckers for Troops is a campaign to raise funds for care packages and uh, some benefits for veterans. So basically all of this week, uh, which leads up to Veterans Day at the end of the week, we discount joining or renewing. 10% of that those proceeds go to the care packages and to benefit veterans. And OOIDA matches those funds as well. So this is a good week to join or renew if you've been thinking about it. We know you've been thinking about joining or renewing. So this is a good week to do that because it benefits care packages for troops and for veterans. Well, I'm glad to say I'm a proud member of of OIDA, been have since uh, about six years ago when I first became owner operator. It's a great organization to join if you have uh, any issues about uh, getting insurance for your truck, any kind of health care insurance, they can assist you with that. Narita, uh, uh, according to the information we got, over the past 15 years, OIDA has raised more than $729,000, sent out more than 3,200 care packages to over 39,000 members of the military. Uh, what What is getting all that together like for an organization, you know, trying to work with the Department of Defense and the Veterans Administration about putting this project together? Sure. So uh, basically, you know, it's thanks to the generosity of our members that this is possible. We know that our members have connections to the military. A very good percentage of them either are veterans themselves or have a relative that's serving or that is a veteran. So it's really, the, the biggest part of it is just the generosity of truck drivers and their willingness to, to participate. As far as organizing it, we're not associated with any particular government agency. We do this all on our own. We do all the shipping on our own. We do everything in-house. There's no overhead administrative fees. So all of the money that you donate or donate uh, by joining or renewing, it goes straight to the care packages for veterans and troops. Uh, that's awesome. And these care packages, what kind of items are you putting in there? I, I suspect like personal care products, grooming products, maybe some snacks. Uh, what what are the are soldiers looking forward to? Sure. So for the care packages, either for veterans or for troops, a big one is socks. They're always in need of lots of socks. Yeah. And so some of the other things that we've had requests for are games or cards, you know, for card games. Uh, various kinds of snacks like beef jerky, things that are not perishable that can be um, sent in single packages are really popular. There was a time that they we would get requests for silly string, and it wasn't just for playing games. And I know I'll say this wrong, but um, it was to find some sort of detonators or um, traps that are done by, I think, by lasers. I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but they would use them to to find things uh, for safety and they didn't have it. So we'd send them the silly string because that's what they've asked for. 
I've read about that before years ago. It was um, the tripwire. Okay, thank you. I knew That's I was, was. going to get that wrong. When the, <laughs> yeah, when the string comes out, it lands on the wires, but it doesn't set it off. I, I always thought that was very clever. Yeah, so that was something that we had fulfilled. Now, for the veterans communities, um, it's it's not very different. They like the same kinds of things like um, socks and hygiene, personal um, canned goods would be more so, and, and other types of uh, things that they can cook on their own. But another big one with veterans communities that's really kind of nice is that some of them ask for uh, care packages that their whole community can use in their community centers, such as musical instruments. So a few times we've had people mm. want us to send an acoustic guitar plus some other small instruments that anyone can use for their music programs. So there's lots of different ways that people benefit, not just with um, candy and socks. <laughs> Lots of harmonicas on their way. <laughs> uh, mu music is great therapy. I know they, uh, I know the PTSD treatments. You know they bring in uh, musical instruments, bands. You know teach people how to play music to help relieve the stress they go through. Uh, how did all this get started with the Truckers for Troops? Can uh, can you talk to us about how this program was founded? Sure. So several years ago, in 2007. We were trying to think of ways to help our members show their appreciation for the military. It was something that would come up once in a while from members who would say, you know, how can we get involved in a way that benefits uh, people serving overseas? And at the time, you know, we had a bigger presence overseas in the Middle East. So there was a great need for care packages. And we knew that individual people here were getting involved in sending um, small amounts of care packages overseas. So we kind of got, got into that, trying to find a little more information about how that works and what was needed and how we could um, show our members uh, a ways to get them involved. And the, the response at the outset was tremendous. We, we knew that our members would be responsive to it positively, but it was really overwhelming. They just loved the program. And like I said, at the time, we had a bigger presence overseas and there was a pretty great need for care packages. So we've had a pretty good operation that we've gotten streamlined over the years and figured out ways that our shipping department can do it or volunteers within the building can do the shipping ourselves. We've never had to um, hire out for the, any of that. So that's basically how it started and it grew over the years. Now here lately, since we don't have as big of a presence overseas, the re requests for care packages has gone down a little bit. So we've shifted what we do by finding ways to benefit veterans stateside. And so that's how we've gotten involved with some of these veterans communities, particularly one based here in Kansas City called BCP. That's awesome. Uh I got all the information that you have a, a tour truck for this event, the Spirit of American Trucker. Uh, can you tell us about that? Uh, what kind of campaign stops it'll be making? And uh, is there any information about the driver you can give us? You bet. So Marty Ellis is the driver of our tour truck, which is called the Spirit of the American Trucker. And I'm looking on my phone here. Uh, right now, he is in Barstow, California. And tomorrow he'll be on the road on his way to a town in Arizona. And I apologize if I mispronounce this. It's spelled T-O-N-O-P-A-H. I think it's pronounced Tonopah or 
something like that. There's all kinds of names out there that are like that. Yeah. He'll be there Thursday and Friday. And I don't have his weekend schedule right in front of me, but that's where he is uh, for the next few days. And uh, you can join or renew at the tour truck. Uh, same thing, Truckers for Troops campaign applies in the truck as well. And you can just hang out with Marty and take a tour of the trailer. We've got some interesting things that you can uh, check out while you're there and just visit with him and with any other members who happen to be there. Cool. Uh, once again, drivers, you know, it's $35 to join OIDA. Uh, a portion of funds will be going toward the care packages. Uh, IDA is also going to be matching 10%, 10 dollar for dollar, and individual tax deductible contributions to Church for Troops Fund are also welcome and can be paid out to the OIDA Foundation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. Narita, uh, what are you, I mean, what are you, are, is OIDA expecting the turn out to be for this uh for these events uh, is there any kind of uh pat uh goal set up or uh, past uh, records you want to talk about sure so you know uh, like you said earlier we've uh raised more than seven hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars over these past few years and sent packages to uh more than thirty nine thousand individual troops by way of about thirty two hundred care packages as far as goals, um, we don't have any particular dollar amount goals. We just want to make sure that the awareness is out there and that this is something that, you know, even past this week, the campaign is still there. You can still donate and you can still send us addresses for care packages. And you can also send us, this is something that I really want to make sure people know about is that we like to include cards and letters in the care packages, whether it's for the veterans communities or for the troops care packages. We really like to see handmade cards and letters and they can be from any age and they don't have to be for the holidays necessarily. They can just be, you know, that we appreciate you, dear soldier, dear Marine, you know, that kind of thing and send us those. And an easy way to do that, if, if you want to get a hold of me about it, and as a matter of fact, this applies with any questions you have, a real easy email address that you can uh, send a message to is troops at ooida.com. That's awesome. Uh, change things around a little bit. We have uh, been following a lot of uh, business news coming through, uh, coming out of Congress, the speed limiters, the uh, potential hour service changes, the the rest area, park truck parking situation. Uh, 11 trucks per parking spot is not going to work in the long term. There's too many drivers parking on ramps, being sitting ducks. Uh, OID, what is OIDA's stance on the uh, the truck parking issue, Narita? What, what, are, what are we seeing potentially coming down the pipeline? I know there's uh, Florida and I believe California is working on getting some federal funding to expand their state funded parking areas. Uh, what else do you see coming down the line? Sure. So as you know, the parking shortage is something that we've been really concerned about for a really long time. And we've raised this issue many, many times to lawmakers and to policymakers in Washington, D.C. 
the good news is that there is movement taking place and the attention of the Department of Transportation is there. They know about it. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's working on it. It's a matter of when. Now, on the House side, as far as in Congress, there is a bill that's been introduced to uh, increase funding for parking. We're working on getting something set up on the Senate side. What everybody needs to know from, from their point of view is that it's still always important to be reaching out to your representatives and making it known what this means to you as a truck driver. Even though we have 150,000 members of the association, they need to hear from you. They don't want to just hear from us. They want to hear from their constituents. They want to hear from voters. They want to hear from actual truck drivers. So it's always still important to be communicating with them. And it's also important to be communicating with your local media. Now, just this week, Todd Spencer wrote an op-ed that appeared in some West Virginia newspapers. And we, but that's not the only place that is a concern. It's, it's a concern everywhere, the Northeast especially, as far as parking, but there's a parking need everywhere throughout the United States. So those are the things that we've been working on and we're real hopeful that something will happen. Yeah, I'm in the Northeast myself and you see it everywhere. You know, as soon as the sun goes down, the truck stops fill up and guys have nowhere to yeah, park. Yeah, you need to, you know, encourage people to tell their lawmakers and the media that when people see someone parked on an on-ramp or at an abandoned gas station, they're not just doing that because they're lazy. They're doing that because they ran out of hours and they could not find a place to park. Yeah, so many people and places have no idea that one, drivers are tracked or limited in how many hours they can work per day. But with the electronic logs, you know, you have no way of getting around it. You know, if you're out somewhere and you can't split your, your sleeper uh, and you run out of hours, you're pretty much stuck, you know, where you it's are. It's pretty unforgiving um, now. That's, that's true. Yeah, I would see it all the time with the Postal Service. We, we would have guys sitting on a, on a door for 10 hours plus, you know, and it's just because the people on the inside didn't have no idea. Yeah, the other thing that we encourage people to tell people is that truck drivers have no control over their schedules. Once in a while, you'll, you'll mm-hmm. hear somebody say, well, they just need to plan better. And I personally cringe when I hear that. It's like, oh, if only, if only, yeah. 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 If only we could do that. It's just not possible. Everybody's at the mercy of everyone else's schedules and the weather and the traffic and all the things in between. It's like when you go to some place and they tell you, oh, all the other drivers do it. It's like, cool, I'm not all the other drivers. I'm me. If you haven't gone to otrsolutions.com slash BTU yet, here's your reminder. Not sure how to say it, but factoring these guys just makes sense. They're focused on driving your success and helping you grow your company. They've gone as far as offering custom business email address setups so you can negotiate better rates with brokers. There's just so much opportunity out there, and OTR is your ticket to success. So head on over to otrsolutions.com slash BTU and check out their solutions. Yeah, talking about being the mercy of the traffic, everybody else's schedules, speed limiters, uh, once again, we see this national call for a national mandate on speed limiters. I know overseas in the EU, they have speed limiters. Uh, not sure exactly what speed they're set at. I believe it's the uh, equivalent to 63 miles an hour. But uh, Narita, what are, what are we seeing OIDA's opinion be on the speed limiters? I know there's this big talk of what the speed should be. Should it be 60? Should it be 65? Should it be 70? Should it be some GPS regulated speed limits to match whatever's on the road? Uh, what What is the opinion of OIDA on this issue? Sure. So we have challenged 
the idea of speed limiters for years. Every time it comes up, every time it gets proposed, uh, what's going right now? It, going on right now is that the agency in D.C. that um, oversees safety, the FMCSA, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, plans to introduce a proposal next summer in June. We don't know what it will say as far as any speeds or what it will say at all. And so for now, all we can do is encourage everyone, again, communicating with lawmakers about your concerns. We have lots of information about this out there. We've got videos, we've got articles, blogs, all the reasons why the research shows that this is a bad idea. It's not going to improve safety at all. All it's going to do is make it worse. And our hope is that you know people will get involved, communicate with your lawmakers about what this means, that it may seem to some who are not in trucking, oh, yeah, we need to slow them down. That'll make things safer because that's just what they, they think um, because they just don't understand the industry or what it would really do to traffic. But you have to explain to them that having uh, trucks speed limited would be worse because then it clogs up the traffic. It makes it impossible to get around them. People will say, well, have them just stay in the right lane. Well, then how is anybody going to get on or off of the interstate if you have them clogged up the right <laughs> lane? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been saying from the beginning, any lawmaker who thinks this is a good idea should be mandated to be stuck behind two semis trying to pass each other on their way home and, and on their and, way to work every single day. people need to understand what's going on. They just get mad. They think that those drivers are doing it on purpose. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. that's not what's going on at all. Exactly. exactly. Because just because two trucks are governed at the same speed doesn't mean that they're capable of traveling at the same speed. Uh, if there's a, a hill up or down, you know, if one truck's heavier than the other, you know, he's going to be driving faster or slower than the other. Maybe one has more, more wear on their tires. You know, that, that affects your speed too. So in uh, Germany, they call it elephant racing when two semis are, you know, stuck trying to race each other. What's going to have to happen is, you know, the guy getting past is going to have to swallow his pride and, you know, knock himself down a couple miles or two to let the guy pass. But that's usually not what happens. It's, it's, you know, you've been driving for, 100 miles that day and, and he'll be damned if you let anyone pass you <laughs> and you know you brought up europe that some other country shipping can make or break a sale so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. they make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows and they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs so optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. sign up for your free 60-day trial now at shipstation.com and use the code pod that's shipstation.com with the code POD. Trees have speed limiters, but but the trucking industry is different over there. Traffic is different over there. And from what I'm reading, the drivers over there hate them as well for the same reasons that we oh, yeah. think that they're a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. Pre- previous guest, Mike Williams, uh, he's a truck driver from Australia, and he was like warning us. He's like, don't don't do it. Don't do it. They did it to us. And I mean, he, in Australia, they got they got roads that are wide open out there. But, you know, again, it takes forever to people to, for people to pass. And another thing he mentioned, too, is that most of their accidents out there involving fatalities with semis aren't happening at highway speeds. It's, it's in town. Yes, that's, that's an excellent point. And we've, we've included that in our comments that we file against speed limiter mandates and everywhere we can think of is that um, the accidents... In, that in, in which speed is involved have nothing to do with interstates. They're on other roads where they were driving too fast for the conditions. So 
yes, speed limiting on interstates is not going to improve safety. Yeah. Um, so other, other than the, the speed limiters and these other things, uh, what are some things else that the OIDA is pushing back on that drivers might not be aware of? Well, there's uh, electronic identification is one that you need to be watching for. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see. That's I can remember back back in 20... God, 2009, I think. I was, in, I was at a warehouse on the radio, and they wanted everybody's thumbprints. And and I, I even back then, I was like, oh, I see where this is going. This is going to be everywhere. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure about the thumbprints. That sounds like maybe that had to do with Twick, maybe? No, this was like a just a grocery warehouse in Laredo, Texas. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's something that we definitely um, encourage everyone to help push back on is the electronic identification that's been suggested. Um Again, as far as big issues, parking, speed limiters, um, Mm -hmm. misclassification, lots of things going on. If you just uh, follow Landline Magazine or OOIDA.com, we're always putting lots of information out there that you can catch up on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Talking about the misclassification deal, um, AB5 in California is in, unfortunately, is up upended the whole owner operator lease operator model in state of california it is slowly snaking its way into other states we've discovered it being hidden inside of new jersey's unemployment legislation uh i think we've kind of nipped that in the bud since we've shown the spotlight on it uh are there any other states you know that are trying to roll out a ab5 similar legislation and possibly seeing this on the national level coming in? Not that I know of. We know that that's something a lot of people are concerned about and are concerned about it as well. That's why we filed an amicus brief as far as the California version. And we know that, unfortunately, um, what happens in California doesn't tend to stay in California. So it's definitely something <laughs> to be watching for. Yeah. The, the real question here is, you know, how are they going to enforce it? We keep asking them. What are you really going to do with this? And what are you going to do with the owner-operator model? Have you, you know, keep asking, do you understand how the industry has been set up for certain kinds of business models that are legit and beneficial to small business truckers? And we haven't yet gotten any answers on that. Yeah, we've, we've always been safe in the beginning. Tools like this are, it's, a, it's, a, it's too broad of a weapon to be tackling tiny little problems and like in california for example the, the, the two companies that this originally was intended to go after uber and lyft 220 million dollars of lobbying spending later and they carve out a nice exemption for themselves and so all these other industries are, are swept up into this and everyone's trying to get their exemptions while they can yeah. and i guess trucking had uh too big a dollar signs on there from uh their perspective to like, like let them get the exemptions. Yeah, you know, speaking of exemptions, to answer your earlier question about you know other topics, training is a big one. We keep seeing people mm. applying for yeah. exemptions from the training uh, requirements, and that's something you know we think that if the idea here is to improve safety, but you keep handing out exemptions, you know, we we understand when people think that they should be exempt from that, but we disagree overall with individual exemptions if the idea here is to improve safety elevate the industry elevate professional drivers and improve safety for everyone on the highway well that's interesting because yeah brewster was just telling me earlier today that uh leland schmidt was denied his um uh, application for an, an individual exemption but 
you know, what brought me over to his side really was the way they explained it to me was exemptions now are basically handed out based on what's, what the cargo they're carrying is not the actual driver themselves. Like you could have a CDL for two months and have all the exemptions you want, as long as your company's hauling the right freight, but you got somebody that's been driving for 30 plus years with a spotless record. You know, I, I have to kind of agree that, you know, maybe this person knows, knows how to drive. Yeah. You know, we think that the best thing you can have is an experienced trained driver. And we, mm-hmm. we like to see people respected for their time. That's another issue as far as big issues is detention and overtime. Something that we've lobbied for is uh, reversing the exemption to FLSA, the Fair Labor Standards Act, which exempts truckers from being paid overtime. And that's something else that we've been pushing for, which is mainly for employees. But the premise here is that if we make improvements there, then it's going to have a residual effect on everyone else as far as respecting truck drivers' time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're, we're big fans of the uh, Guaranteed Overtime for Truckers Act. I really hope it uh, catches fire and, and, and spreads because m- most people are completely unaware that drivers are paid by the mile, not the hour. Yeah. And the irony of that is the miles you drive is the easiest part of the job. You know, it's the planning your pre-trips and doing your pre-trip and post-trip inspections and finding a place to park and trying not to hit anything. Those are all the hardest parts of the job. That's that's not what you're loading and unloading. That's not what you're yes. paid for. Yeah. When I talk to I'm, reporters, they're always shocked when I tell them that there's no training requirements uh, to, to get a CDL. There are now, you know, there, but there's still, it doesn't have any behind the wheel. And, and until you know the past uh, year or so, there weren't any requirements at all. And they're always shocked to hear that. And it's like, there's all these regulations being proposed and mandated on truck drivers that really don't improve safety, most of them. And we need to be doing things that help elevate the profession. And one of the ways to do that is respecting their time and paying them better and improving working conditions, which by itself would reduce turnover. And we can shut down this <laughs> idea of a shortage of truck drivers. That's another one. Ah, really- uh, yes, that uh, <laughs> yeah, that blasphemy of a truck driver shortage. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep on saying it. ATA, show us how you figure out that shortage number. Is it the actual drivers needed to maintain the supply chain, or is it the actual number of drivers your your clients? I, I'll say uh, need to maintain the profit margins. Yeah, the real issue is high turnover, especially in long haul sector. They're not keeping people. Yeah. They'll try to say, well, they're they're leaving and going to other carriers, which may be true to a certain point. But we say, no, they're leaving the industry because they find out very quickly when they're new. It's not all that it was cracked up to be. Yeah. It's a tough job. A lot of yeah. people are yeah. cut out to do it. A lot of people do a great job and are willing to stay with it. But we really do need to improve the working conditions if we want more people to stay in the profession. No, you, you can tell right now it's, it's guys leaving the industry period, because um, that pipeline of new driver to mega carrier to experienced driver to better company has completely broken down. You know, all these, all these companies like, like Walmart, I use them as an example all the time. You know, they had to bump up their starting pay to $110,000 a year to get drivers. And when I started in, in trucking 15 years ago, they were the hardest company yeah. to get into, you know, yeah, completely they will- the opposite now. Yeah. Back when, about 10 years ago, I was going to try to apply for Walmart and they wanted a five year constant work, spotless record. And I, I'm like, how in the world do you guys find drivers? And it's like, 
you know, they were the end point, you know, top of the food chain. Now, you know, like just said, they've had to bump up their starting pay. They have had to roll back some of their standards of uh, who they're looking for in order to maintain the the throughput of the freight they needed. Well, well now it's kind of changed. The you know, warehouse are stopped with inventory. Stores are backed up. Uh, now they don't need <laughs> need all those drivers. So it's kind of rolled back to the way it was. They're being a little more strict now. So, uh, yeah. And, and, and another thing, going to the being paid by the mile. It's not paid. No, literally per to the mile, it's paid by what's known as the Rand McNally house mover mile system. It's basically zip code to zip code. So if you go into a big yeah. giant county out west where the zip code's 100 square miles or more, you know, that's a big chunk of mile pay that you're not going to get that, you know, it eventually racks up. All right. Uh, to kind of close things off the Rita, uh, what else does OIDA have going on through the rest of the you know, year, you know, we're coming into the holiday season and uh, where can people find you out on social media? Sure. So you can find us on Facebook. Uh, OIDA is the main search term. Find that. We also have several Twitter accounts. If you just look for OIDA on there, you can find uh, our basic Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. I'm speaks for OIDA is my Twitter handle. Uh, Todd Spencer is Todd2Spencer if you want to follow our president and CEO, Todd Spencer, on uh, Twitter. Um, we have an Instagram account. I think it's Truckers OOIDA. Um, not cl- we do have a TikTok account, but we haven't really got up to speed on that just yet. That's a new <laughs> one for us. And, uh, it's a tricky yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> so we've got the, you know everything else. And then LinkedIn, you definitely find us on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. And uh, just one more time, you know, uh, OIDA's Truckers for Troops, that's uh, going on uh, November 7th through the 14th, the week of uh, uh, Veterans Day. Uh, please uh, support this cause. You know, OIDA memberships are, like I said, $35. A uh, portion of that goes to uh, the Truckers for Troops program. OIDA, them- OIDA themselves is going to be a matching portion of that. And any companies or corporations that want to do a larger donation or individual tax deductible contribution, you can do that through the OID Foundation. It's a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. Also, the OIDA Tour Truck, the Spirit for American Truckers, out during this campaign. Uh, if you see it at a truck stop or a venue, you can go up to it and uh, meet its driver, sign up, or renew your membership. It, like I said, uh, OIDA is a great group to get behind. If you're owner operator, they have a great insurance program to help get your uh, insurance coverage on your truck. That deductible is constantly getting got being pushed up by Congress and you know under regulators. So uh, they'll help you out with that. Also, if you uh, need need any other assistance, they they can help you. Uh, this is a great fundraiser. It's been going on for over 15 years. A tradition for OIDA since 2007. It helps out uh, active duty personnel stationed in combat zones. Helps out veterans at veterans at facilities and hospitals around the U.S. And also helps assist with housing wounded, disabled, and homeless service members, which is, you know, unfortunately something we see too much of from my personal taste of uh, not helping out the service members who've been into the war zones, have done their service to the country. Uh, one more time, uh, 
thank Narita Taylor for coming on to the show this week and uh, sp- talking to us about this event and uh, what's been going on with OIDA here lately. Uh, she's a frequent guest of What the Truck on Freightways TV. You can catch her there with uh, Dooner and the Dude, having some fun with those guys over there. But for us, I'm James Rooster Bowen here with Just Super Trucker Martin, and we will catch you down the road. Yeah.